Hey friends, it's Jenny Guy, your host, welcoming you to another episode of Mediavine On Air. I personally live by the idea that knowledge is power, and there's no better place for Mediavine publishers to go for all the knowledge about their site performance than the Mediavine dashboard. Our amazing engineers join forces with the support team for a total dashboard revamp in spring of 2020. And so, of course, I had to have Director of Support Heather Tullos and Mediavine CEO Eric Hochberger join me to share strategies for making the most out of all the new metrics. From page-level data to revamped health checks, plus enhanced accessibility features and ad unit reporting, we covered all of it. It's such a treat to combine technical aspects from an engineer like Eric with practical how-to from a successful blogger like Heather all in one episode. Plus, just getting to spend time with them both is always a blast. They're frequent guests on the Mediavine blog as well, so definitely check out our free resource library, which is linked up in our show notes. Now, let's get into our very own dashboard confessional. You're listening to Mediavine On Air the podcast about the business of content creation. From SEO to ads and social media to time management, if it's about helping content creators build sustainable businesses, we are talking about it here. I'm your on-air host, Mediavine's Jenny Guy. Happy Thursday, guys. It is the seventh day of the month that we are for now and forevermore calling Met. Today is episode 16 in the second season of Teal Talk. I'm your host, Mediavine Director of Marketing, Jenny Guy. What up? Say hi in the comments and tell us what you're doing for the moms in your life this Sunday. That's right. It is for anyone who've missed it, Mother's Day on Sunday, Corona Can't Stop Moms, moms, grandmas, aunts, any of those special women in our life that care about us and shape us and deserve our love and gratitude. We also recognize that it's kind of a shitty day for some people, so please Take what space you need and be gentle with yourself. And speaking of all of the gentleness, how are you guys doing out there in the upside down? Are you still isolating? I'm in Oklahoma and we're opening our state up some. So what have you been occupying yourself with during this time? I am basic and unashamed about it. So I've been making my sourdough starter and I've made the best brownies and waffles of my life and a loaf of bread so big that it could take over the city. Speaking of all of those things, what about my guests? I'm guessing one of them has been baking like me and the other has probably not. You guess which one is which. Eric. Hochberger, again, you're with me again, Eric. What's I up? I am. Obviously the baker, so I could not. He is the, he's <laughs> baking all the time. He is obviously the Mediavine co-founder. He's the CEO. He's a computer programmer, as you can clearly see from the degree on the teal wall behind his head. How are you doing today? Oh, good. How are you doing, Jenny? I'm living the dream every day. Uh, and then we have a beautiful new face on Teal Talk. We have Mediavine's Director of Public Support, Heather Tullos, in her car. How are you today, Heather? I'm good. Uh, hello. I have uh, definitely been baking like my life depends on it. Also currently hiding in my car because quarantine means that I cannot escape my house full of dogs. So we don't need to talk to them right now. I'm here to talk to you. Um <laughs> Which yeah. is such a bummer that we can't talk to the dogs. Will you give everybody a brief who are you and what you do since it's your first time on Teal Talk? Yes, I am the director of support. So I'm here to help answer questions and work with our whole support team. Um, I've also been blogging since 2011. And I was a Mediavine publisher before I worked in the support department. And she's she's got I'm some awesome We're so glad you're here. This is amazing. Today, we're talking about a new development in the Mediavine world that we're pretty excited to talk about, which is Dashboard 2.0. Who doesn't love a glow up, to be honest? And those are hard to come by these days. 
these days in Corona times. And our dashboard got a serious makeover in this new version, which is currently available to all publishers, correct? But it's in beta. What does that mean, guys? Uh, Eric, talk to us about what is a beta? So a beta test is where we basically warn you guys that it's not going to work completely as it should, and it's time to get feedback from our publishers. Beta means, again, it's an open beta, as we like to call it. So it's available to everyone. Anyone can use it right now. You just go to dashboard-beta.mediavine.com. We'll put that in the comments so people can actually, yeah. Uh, and, and you can go there with your existing credentials or your same login information you have from the regular dashboard. Use it, abuse it, use all the tricks we're going to talk about today and let us know what's working, what's not. How long has this been in the making, this dashboard 2.0? Quite a while, yeah? Yeah, way longer than we probably want to admit. I don't know, six <laughs> months going on now? I feel yeah. like we've been talking about this thing for a while. That, uh, when was Austin? I don't even remember anymore. Was Austin that... was in November when we were all out there. Still go outside. Okay. Oh, that's what it was like about the yeah. outside world. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> we could touch each other and eat food in restaurants. It was it was a different time for us all. So in the before time, we were, yeah, we were definitely developing it back then, I remember. So it's it's been a while coming. Okay. We've got Amy Cat saying hi. Michelle Palin said uh, Heather's perfect for their support department because she's always been supportive of bloggers. Very kind. And Rachel Ballard says, Heather will talk you off ledges and keep you rational. Love that. Always okay. good. Okay. Oh, guys, have you out there, who's tried the new dashboard? Post about it in the comments. What's your favorite feature? Uh, if you've got questions for Heather or Eric on Dashboard 2.0, if you're a user, go ahead and post in the comments. I will make sure that we get them those questions. But let's start um, kind of from the top. We talked about we've been working on this quite a while. Talk about the biggest changes in 2.0. What are we most excited about? Top features and capabilities. And then when is it no longer going to be open beta? When is it just going to be the dashboard? Eric, start us off there. Yeah. So I am personally, again, I think I said this even in Austin, what I'm most excited about is all that's going to come as a result of the new dashboard. So everything's been handed off to the new development team that help build create. We're using the same exact framework to help build the dashboard. That's why it looks so pretty. We're going to be able to build so many cool new things. Uh, for the geeks out there, it's known as a single page application, a spa. It's built on React, whatever you want to call it. It's basically developed to make better user experiences. Things like the ability to create playlists is going to be a lot easier with the new dashboard. So I'm most excited about what's going to be coming, uh, but there's a ton of really cool features I think that publishers are, are enjoying now with it, whether it's page level reporting, country level reporting, date comparison, so much stuff that we love about the new dashboard. So it is awesome. And when it will be out of beta, Sooner than Trellis beta. How does that sound for a date? Too soon? Too soon? Uh, okay. no, I was wrong that I, I mean, you broke the seal yourself. I thought we'd at least go like 15, 20 minutes into double digits before we brought that up. But Same mentality as Trellis. We want to make sure we're delivering a good product. I think the, the good part is this is now an open beta, which is obviously further along than Trellis, which is still in a closed beta. So once we have enough feedback from our publishers and they feel that this is delivering the experience that they would be happy to have as their first dashboard login, then that's when we're going to launch this thing. Oh, Eric, people are talking about, oh, I'm going to cut you, but I can't because we're not in the same state or allowed to touch each other. All right. Uh, page level, uh, Steve, Steve, uh, co-founder says he likes the page level RPMs. That's his favorite feature. <laughs> Little known fact, he is a blogger himself on the Hollywood gossip. So that's his favorite feature. Sherry Short says, I love the page level RPM. Ashley Cavelli says, I've looked at the new dashboard, but every time I try to get dig in, I get interrupted by my eight-year-old. Struggle bar. <laughs> Melissa Greeley Olivieri says, loving it all. I feel like I'm missing things though. So I'm excited to get more in-depth info on how to use all those awesome reports. Yes. Okay. Elizabeth 
Adia says, why should we switch? Heather, I'm going to let you take that one. What's the point? Well, you should switch because it's going to be the default eventually. So you might as well jump in the deep end. But also uh, our engineers have been really, really good about taking all of the feedback. You know, obviously the support department is fielding those questions and we take all of the things that you send us in emails and put them in the right places. I think if you've had the chance to poke around a little bit, you'll see a lot of features that you guys have asked for starting with page level reporting, but also like there's some fun things, the video section, all of those are little details that people have requested over the years. Um, and engineers have been really, really good at, you know, listening and incorporating everything that you asked for into what they're building for you. Also, it makes it really, really easy to figure out ways to make more money. It is really the page level reporting for me is kind of like life altering um, because you can look at the data and see how your readers are using your website, which means that you can blog better and make more money. And Heather has been the best for me personally explaining that just drilling the concept and that the way that we use our websites and the way that your users use your websites are completely different things. And you can actually see that in the dashboard. Yes. So I, I just put together a help article today um, on the, the impressions per page because I think that's the thing that I've gotten the most questions on. Um, but for me, I think that's the best metric that lets me know how readers are using your site. If you've got a lot of impressions on a page, it means that people are spending time there. They are consuming your content. Um, and for me, I got a little bit nerdy about it. So I, I was looking at my top posts and then I looked at the pages that had high views and also a high number of impressions. And I went into Google Analytics and I, I toggled to look at the demographics of those users. They tended to skew older, which kind of lets me know a little more about how I need to tailor my content. You know, so it's, there's so many good insights there. It's, it's really a lot of information and I love it. Fantastic. All right. We've got a question from Tara Jacobson. Can you tell the difference between RPM and CPM and which one we should be using when determining how excited to be about a post? So if you have a post that is not that is doing well and not making as much money, how to change it so that it will make more money? Eric, will you first talk about the difference between RPM and CPM? Yeah. So RPM is kind of a summary metric. Uh, so we love it here because it can show you kind of the big picture, but it doesn't show you the individual pieces that are making everything up. So the RPM is how much revenue you've made divided by either sessions or page view, depending on whether you're doing page RPM or session RPM. In this case, it would be page RPM because it's a single page view. Revenue divided by the total number of page views times a thousand. We multiply it by a thousand so the number sounds better. Um, and that's not Mediavine who does that. That's the entire industry. Nobody wants to talk about an RPM of 0 0.017. It sounds much better to say $17. Hence the revenue per million. Exactly. Make it rain with the RPM. But CPM. <laughs> Uh, is actually kind of a more of a zoomed in view of how you're actually earning your money. So RPM is an after the fact calculation. CPM is how you're actually getting paid. So that's the real number that matters. Uh, CPM is cost per milli. So it's the same concept. Instead of being revenue per thousand, it's cost. So that's what the advertisers are paying. That's why it's called cost. Uh, you're not paying, don't worry, as publishers. So you take the total amount of money, uh, again, divided now by impressions and then times a thousand. Again, same reason. Nobody wants to talk about 0 0.0017 uh, pennies. 
Uh, that's what CPM is. It's how much you're earning per ad. And then you just multiply that times your number of impressions. And that would equal how much money you made, uh, how many impressions you served. RPM, again, overall big picture, summary of everything. CPM is what you're actually making for every single ad that shows on your site. Uh, so CPM is probably the more useful one uh, to celebrate uh, because it's a lot easier to add more impressions on a page. That's everything we try to teach you guys how to do here on Mediavine, right? More engaging content. Everything that Heather has in her awesome guide she talked about earlier uh, is it. a lot lot harder to make a higher CPM. That is literally what our entire company focus is. Uh, and that's challenging to make you more CPM. So if you have high CPM, awesome. Uh, you can solve the other part. If you have high RPM, also awesome. That means probably both sides of the equation, the impressions and the uh, CPM are looking good. So I want to kind of shift to what Michelle says, and we're going to keep coming back to this because this was my last question of the day that I have set out there. This is the continuous question of the day because all this data is amazing. And obviously the dashboard is gorge. Thank you, Kat, who designed it. But the point is making more money. The point is increasing performance, increasing revenue. So Michelle is saying, I, Michelle Palin says, I like the new dashboard. I would love to understand how best to apply that individual post data. Can we do things that affect fill rate or viewability? Heather, talk about that. So some things you can change and alter and other things you probably don't want to. So I think the uh, example I sent Jenny earlier when we were just running through data is uh, I have a, yeah, I have a, a recipe that I wrote like in 2013, I think. Um, so it's old and it is called kick-ass chicken lasagna. And it is a really good recipe. Um, it also gets a lot of search traffic, but at the, the keywords for that, you know, like the URL is kick-ass chicken lasagna. So even if I change the title of the post, like I don't really want to make a change to a, a post that is sending like such a significant change to a post that's, you know, does well with search traffic. But you can see in the screenshot here um, that the page level RPM for that post is lower than it is for my others. Um, and the CPM where advertisers are spending um, is also much lower. So that's not a thing that I'm actually willing to change. I can change. Uh, if you look two lines lower, there's a post that has probably about eight fewer impressions per page that I'm getting. So that would be a place where I really could focus and, and make a change. Um, and again, I tend to use analytics to make those decisions. So I'm going to click through to that post that has lower impressions per page. I'm going to optimize it. You know, you guys know all the good tips, uh, you know, make sure that you broke up your paragraphs. Uh, even I, so I've been with Mediavine since October, 2014 as an employee, but I've been a Mediavine publisher since 2015. And I know all of the correct things that I am supposed to do. However, when I have an older post that trends, I will look at it and be like, what in the world? There's like two, two paragraphs, one photo and a recipe card. So sometimes we forget that there's content that needs our attention. So that would be the first thing I'd do. And then I would use my Google Analytics to tell me more about my readers from there um, and maybe add more things to that post so that it is useful and also earning more. That is an awesome answer. Yuri No says Heather is the best. Tara Jacobson says, can you hook the page data to source and tell us where the traffic is coming from? For example, if you have a good revenue generating page that is coming from Pinterest, you would know to make more pins. Eric, you want to, Heather, anyone? So we would recommend you use your own Google Analytics for doing that. We have limited uh, data access, I should say. Like we pull in your data once a day into the dashboard, sometimes a couple times a day, but it's 
it's static in there. We're not browsing it in real time. In Google Analytics, you can browse all of your data in real time. So you can plug in a URL uh, and you can actually browse by traffic source. As Heather was saying, you could literally look at the demographics if you have that turned on. You can look at the age of the users. You can do all that and, and drill down. So I would actually do all that stuff in Google Analytics. For us to add that to the dashboard would be very challenging. It would be, we would have to basically be Google. We would have to build our own analytics. And I'll just uh, like add to that. What I like to do is have my dashboard open in one tab and Google Analytics open in another. And if there's a post that has my attention based on the actual like earnings information that I'm looking at in my Mediavine dashboard, I will go to Google Analytics and then you just go to um, behavior and then you look at that post specifically. You can use secondary dimension to look at all those little details. So like you'll narrow it down so you're just looking at that one post you want to work on. Um, and then you could use secondary dimension to see what is your primary source for that post. And then you can use that information to know like, yes, Pinterest is my top source for this post. I should make five more pins. That's, that's my approach. I also think it's pretty awesome that you implied that there were only two windows open or two tabs, whereas opposed to I who have 7,000 tabs open and can't find anything ever. Have you ever seen my, yes. you could ask anybody in the support department, I have more tabs open than any human on earth. It's awful when you're on a call and you're like, I'm going to like stealthily open all the things that I need. And then you're like, I can't find it. And you're just clicking nope. and clicking and clicking and clicking. It's awful. This is a controversial question. We've gotten it a lot. We have a blog post on this and we've talked about it many times in the Facebook group. What do you consider, quote, high as far as CPM or RPM? Can I say not it and point to, to Heather? Yeah. <laughs> She's on. Yeah. I'm, yeah, go ahead, Heather. I can answer that question. Um, I It really depends on the, it's very site specific, right? So like what's good for me might not be good for Nicole. Um, I use her site and my site. Uh, we've been blogging for similar amounts of time. Um, and also she's like my, my co-pilot at work and in most things. Uh, so, <laughs> um, but you know, we, we both write food content, but like she writes about grilling. So she has a lot of really high value keywords, you know, things that cost like grills that cost a lot of money. Her readers are super different and all of that stuff matters to advertisers. So the idea is to make sure that the numbers are good for you. Um, you can always email support and we can tell you, gosh, that looks low and then try to, you know, figure out the reasons why, you know, we can talk to our ad ops department and, you know, do other things to help troubleshoot. You know, those numbers are pretty, they're pretty site specific. I think it's good to kind of look at your data overall, look at last year, look at this year, look at last month, look at this month, look at, you know, if you're trying to figure out what to project for Q3, look at last Q3 and then factor in coronavirus. And uh, <laughs> knowing what your numbers are for you, I think is the most important part. And then learning all these things, like learning that Nicole has high value keywords and has grilling, grilling stuff. And, but you both blog about food, but that's not something that you're going to use. That knowledge is like useful knowledge, but not in that you're going to go target Nicole's people. Like it's not that kind of thing. Right, Heather? Yeah, correct. I'm not going to suddenly like be an expert in grilling because I'm not. 
um, and my readers do not come to me for that. So I'm not going to change my content to game CPMs because I think readers are smarter than that. Um, and advertisers are here for your readers, um, not for you. So <laughs> they're trying to sell things to the people on your website. I think that if you're always creating content that is relevant to your readers, the money will follow. And then using the data in your dashboard and in your analytics should get you there. Perfect. So Michelle says, okay, so increasing impressions will increase CPM. Is that accurate? Uh, that will increase RPM. So RPM is based, your, your revenue will go up if you increase the number of impressions. It won't actually increase your CPM. If anything, um, the additional ad units per page after a certain point have diminishing returns and you start to see lower CPM. So increasing impressions won't increase your CPM, but it'll increase your total earnings. Word. Okay. Michelle Palin says, and okay, so she's she doesn't want to say ass. I'm gonna say ass. And your kick ass one you think is lower, <laughs> ass, 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 uh, is due to the words, right? She would guess similarly that her hot cross buns were a lower RPM due to religious content potentially. No, I would need to look at the post specifically. If you are serving a similar number of impressions on that post as you are on other posts, then it might be something to do with the keywords, but we'd probably just need to look at the post itself. It's not always the words, you know, sometimes it's the formatting. Sometimes it's that you worked with a brand six years ago and you totally forgot that you had some sort of weird iframe that is not serving any ads in the middle of your script. You know, there's all kinds of reasons. So email publishers at mediavine.com be like, my buns are low. My buns are low. <laughs> That's the, if you put that in the subject line, it would get attention probably like super. Definitely. Uh, Tara Jacobson says, I knew it. Just a pipe dream to have it hooked to source. Thank you so much for all the great data. It makes my marketing heart happy. Noreen Rogers says, I used the new dashboard last week to focus on my top 10 highest RPMs and created new pens for them. One of them is an early post that has never gotten much traffic and it took off like crazy over the weekend and was actually number one for page views on Sunday. I never would have done that without the new dashboard. Thank you. Awesome. Everyone is also <laughs> coming in and saying, uh, mainly media line employees, that they have all the tabs too. Um, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, Elizabeth said, my RPM was $4.91 yesterday. It's plummeting with this pandemic. Yeah. Uh, Christine says, I was noticing that the URLs of my pages in the beta dashboard are HTTP, not HTTPS. Does that affect anything or that's not a big deal since it's only in the dashboard, Eric? So um, that's only the way it's being displayed in the dashboard. That's not how it actually is being calculated. So we store what would be called a relative path. We only store the actual page URL, not the, not the domain, not the HTTP or the HTTPS. The dashboard is just showing you that. So you can click on it and take you to your page. We don't know if you're secure or insecure. Your site should hopefully redirect it. But that's not how we're storing it. That's not how we're calculating it. Don't worry. It's, oh, it shows everyone as having HTTP. Nothing to worry about. Something we should fix though in the future. Pay attention, engineers. Click on one of those tabs. Brianne, <laughs> you know he's lurking because you're here. Is there going to be a way to export the page data so you could easily search for a specific post to see how it is performing versus trying to click through page by page to find it? Heather. Yes, I know for a fact that's one of the little details that engineers are still working on. The old dashboard obviously has an export option that gives you some info, but not a ton. The new dashboard is, I think it's, 
correct me if I'm wrong, Eric, but it'll have an export option right there where the page level data is. So you can grab it and put it in a spreadsheet and do your thing with it. Yeah. So each individual report is going to have its own export in the new dashboard. So you can export awesome. your country report if you want that. I'm not sure what you're going to do with it, but you could. Uh, but yeah, the page level is going to be exportable. I mean, you could potentially provide stuff like that to really, really, really engaged brands to ask them, like if they're wanting to look at super specific, blur out some of the figures. And Okay. Rachel says, I am sure you have all done this in some form somewhere, but maybe in the future, we could see a before and after case study of how to take a page that could be performing better than see how it was changed and how it improved. I have a hard time looking at my page level data and identifying what posts are good candidates for improvement. So I'm not doing anything. So I would say one email support because I'm with you. It is always much easier for me to troubleshoot other people's sites than it is for me to do my own. I can only do my own in the context of teaching other people how to use it, right? So um, it's hard to be objective about your own content. So that's the first thing I'd say. And the second thing I would say is that I love that idea and I probably have a thousand examples, but not actually in an aggregated piece of content somewhere. So thank you. I think, yeah, love it. Adding to the list. Uh, Steve says, Heather, Heather has more, even more tabs open than dogs barking. A lot of tabs. Uh, <laughs> Luke said, I can see that the CPM for the US is 10 times higher than CPMs from India. It's cool that I can see this, but what can I actually use this information for? Heather, you, you want to Eric? Um, I, can, I can answer from my perspective. I want to hear what Eric thinks about the country data because I remember him being really excited when we added that. So I'm excited by country data because I think a lot of a lot of publishers don't necessarily understand why if they have a certain RPM and another publisher has a different RPM, how much demographics fit into all of this. And the, the reason I was most excited by, to be able to bring country reporting in there is to show this is why publishers that have 80% US traffic are earning more than someone that may have only 40% US traffic and a lot of traffic coming from India. Um, so you can use this to kind of help you understand why maybe some of your RPMs are lowered. There's not necessarily action items you can take from it. Clearly, you can't just say, I want more US traffic and less India traffic. That's not how traffic works. You are writing content. I mean, you can do what Heather was saying is you could uh, look at individual posts in Google Analytics. And you can really see, oh, that's weird. This particular piece of content is drawing more people from India and from the US, maybe you write fewer posts like that and you focus on the ones that are bringing more US traffic. Um, I think it's just really more about giving you a big picture, how your site is earning per country, uh, not necessarily giving you action items. My answer is pretty much the same. Um, and then also kind of, I think the question that we get most often on that in the support department um, before before we had country information, just not at such a detailed level in our admin view, because it helps us troubleshoot when people ask us questions. Um, so I was excited to be able to have that in like the publisher facing context. context. For me, um, like Eric said, you know, when you go into Google Analytics, it helps you sort of decide your marketing strategy. If you have, sorry, the light in here is getting weird. Um, <laughs> if you have, you know, a piece of content that is seeing a lot of traffic from India, maybe don't don't focus your promotion strategies on that. Instead, focus at the content that is resonating with your U.S. readers, just so that you can sort of balance that traffic a little bit and bump your earnings up because you know that advertisers are going to pay more to reach your readers in the U.S. Tara says, oh, I get it now. The CPM is the right number because it doesn't count the impressions. Thank you. I was confused about that. Okay, Elizabeth, following up on this question. 
Why is U.S. traffic prioritized? We're a global market. So I don't know if it's necessarily U.S. traffic is prioritized. Um, it's not that we are prioritizing uh, one piece of traffic compared to another. It's just uh, first off, it comes down to country economics. What's the GDP of a country? How much like money is there in that country? Like we can't help the fact that certain countries are going to be, I don't know, richer than others. I don't know how to even best to say that. So a lot of it comes down to literally just some countries are worth more. Uh, and then it's really the maturity of the programmatic market. So it's important to note that we do programmatic advertising here at Mediavine. We're listing your ad inventory for sale on ad exchanges. In certain markets, people buy more traditional methods such as direct sales. In other markets, they buy almost exclusively programmatic now, like in the US. If they buy exclusively programmatic, there's a lot more competition. They pay more money. There's all these weird nuances like what are the privacy concerns of the citizens? I know Germany, you would think, should be doing better, but Germany doesn't do as well because uh, citizens there are much more concerned about privacy. So programmatic advertising isn't as, it's very nuanced. Let me just put it that way. It's not our choice. We wish every country could monetize as well as the US, obviously. And we're doing everything we can. We treat countries differently here from a pricing and flooring strategy. We work with partners that are better at different markets. We do what we can to try to improve your earnings in every country. Uh, that's the media buying stance. I just, the rest is just the market we can't control. Why can't we control the market? I'm kidding. One day, one day. All right, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Alyssa says, Eric, you said that you start having lower returns with more ads. Should I set my ads to a maximum to avoid lower returns? Um, so I think what it, that's just letting you know that there will be a slight difference. If you ran five ads versus, I'm gonna throw out an astronomical number, 100 ads, the 100 ads are not gonna be equal to the same amount CPM as the five ads. Uh, the difference between, I don't know, ad five or six are not that big of a difference. That's what I mean by diminishing returns. Um, so I wouldn't stress over, hopefully you're running within reasonable limits here. If you're running Mediavine, chances are you are. You are because we have maximums we're going to let you run in terms of density. So don't worry. It's just don't assume that two posts, if one has twice as many ads as the other, they're not going to have the same CPM. Okay. Michelle said, I had a post that had a low RPM and CPM, and it's a very popular post. The dashboard made me go and take a look. Gutenberg conversion was wonky and no ads were showing. It's all fixed now. Thank you. Michelle, I have two requests for the video reporting area, which is an excellent segue because I want to talk about the video reporting area. First, could the video name show longer? It won't let me post a pic here in the comments, but since every video is titled gluten-free recipe name, my list of videos just shows gluten-free, 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 gluten-free. It's tough. And could you include the length of video somewhere right there? I think it would be interesting to be able to take video length into account when we're studying individual video earnings. On the whole topic of video, I'm scrolling to the video section of my notes, which all look the same right now. Apology on that. So uh, we should note that we have a fix coming, by the way, for video length, if you have a longer title. I think the cat had a really cool design coming up to make sure, oh. or maybe it was our Ethan from UI. Somebody had something where we have a, a view where you're going to be able to see the full title. We've heard that feedback. It was definitely a piece of feedback that we got from uh, publishers as well as the support department. But I just see that Rachel posted a very good tip, which is switch to the other view because it's got all the same information. Yeah. And it also has length in the other, in the mm -hmm. other view. The video section of Dashboard 2.0 has really beefed up a lot. There's a lot of new information there. Uh, so what is new and how can publishers use it to improve their video performance? Heather, will you talk about that for a second? Talk about what all we added? So, well, the first thing we added is that it is 
very pretty. I really, really like the way the video interface looks. The library is really pretty. It's easy to navigate. My favorite thing, which I definitely know was also another piece of customer feedback, is that it shows you the priority of everything right there when you're looking at it. And it also shows you the length of your videos. So when you're setting up your playlist and you're deciding priority, what you're going to boost, what you're going to exclude, and you are looking at all the details to make sure that you're earning the most, all of that is available for you um, so you can make those decisions. And those were all important pieces of feedback that we got from publishers. When I am trying to help people sort of curate their playlists and decide what to put and where, we look at CPM, we look at fill rate, um, and then we look at the length of the video, and then we work on setting the priority from there. So you can kind of order things in that way. Eric, did you have anything you wanted to add to that? Um, no, I think you <laughs> said it perfectly. And I realized now that I, I guess the question before was about the video reporting section at the bottom where the title is getting cut off, and that is 100% being fixed. Ethan confirmed. The other big thing, and I'm going to talk a lot about this next week, that is kind of on the minds of many people right now is accessibility and the ADA. And we actually have some new options specifically related to video in Dashboard 2.0. Eric, will you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so in 2.0, when you go to edit a video, you'll see there's a little section down below where you can upload the closed captioning for your video. So if you have spoken word, uh, you can now add captions and it will automatically start playing if the video is muted. It'll just show the captions in the language of that user. So you can upload multiple, even different languages. Uh, we support the web VTT file. I want to preface that, not SRT. I see a whole bunch of threads going and I'm hopping in so many of them, but um, you have you can get that actually pretty easily. I think from YouTube, you can export them. I know people are trying to figure out where you get these things from, or you can pay a service like 3Play Media uh, who actually transcribe it for you. So there's ways you can get closed captioning if you have spoken word. And that is amazing for uh, the hearing impaired to be able to finally see what you're saying. And plus it's a great user experience because we mute videos by default for, for them to be able to autoplay. That's a coalition for better ad standards. So we have to do that. So videos start off muted and now you can let them know what you're saying. And if you're not talking, I know there's a big movement for people to uh, do a little closed caption that says uh, music playing. And you can do that as well with these. Speaking of the ADA and the accessibility, we actually are, we just added a live that we're doing next week, next Thursday, Andrew Wilder of NerdPress and Jamie Lieberman of Hashtag Legal are coming to talk about the ADA accessibility and your website and what your actual, what the actual law is and what you can do about it, action items you can take. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but we've got more questions. Amy Pelsner on video, is there a way to actually make a playlist versus just boosting and excluding videos? Um, Eric's grinning, yeah. so I feel like he's he's chopping at the bit. So we have that feature coming very soon. I know actually the engineers are, are actively working on it. The ability to create your own playlist and be able to embed playlists. So not just using the up next, but the ability to curate your own playlists on pages. It's coming soon. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, Lawrence Nora just said he knows this is related to the dashboard he posted a marketing week um, article on advertising supply chains and none of us have read it we will respond to you later lawrence we appreciate your support but we can't derail right now larisha says will you ever add srt files uh as soon as they no i'm, I'm sorry we, we won't add support for <laughs> adding them onto the video I, no. I realized i was phrasing that wrong uh so we won't add support for playing them back so web uh, VTT is actually the successor to SRT. It was made by people like Google. It is the future of captioning and it has been for eight or 10 years. The reason why you see SRT files is because that's from an old program, Windows program called 
sub rip. You can't make this stuff up. Uh, that's where the name comes from. And these are just, that, that, that's the old way of doing it. The reason why places like Facebook and Twitter might use that is because they probably created their video players prior to web VTT existing. So that would be the old way of doing it. What we would be building is a converter to help you convert your SRT files over to VTT. So you should be working in VTT whenever you can. That's what you should be uploading to places like uh, YouTube. I know probably Facebook still doesn't support them because why would they update their player eight years later? We got so, the care. You know, we got the care reaction. That's what they're working on, obviously. Exactly. Uh, priorities. <laughs> so what we'll be doing is probably giving you a converter. So if you upload SRT, we would just convert them automatically uh, to VTT for you. And that's a feature we'd love to be able to add. It's just, you know, there's a lot of features we're working on at the moment. So I can't tell you where that's prioritized. Excellent. Luke said, and this is a question that kind of leads back into something I wanted to talk more about. I would love to see quick comparisons like earnings this month versus last month, earnings yesterday versus last week, this year so far versus last year. Heather, is that possible? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You can change the date range 74 ways from Sunday. I feel like I do that on every single ticket I work. Um, I look at this week versus last week and I look at changes and, you know, we're always looking at ways to compare uh, the data, especially if we helped you make changes on your site. I agree with you. I think the reason we don't have any just set like push this button for this week over last week is because different people are looking at different data sets. So if you ask me uh, about things that I'm looking at for my own website, I don't ever look at those things. Uh, I'm, I'm approaching it from a really different way. So the custom date ranges lets you look at whatever details you want to. Um, and then the drop down menu does give you um, some sort of standard features. So it's easy to say like versus last, you know, compared to last period or compared to last year, which can help you sort of project and make decisions. Uh, Larisha says she's laughing so hard based on Eric's reaction of stutter, stutter. No. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. uh, we were laughing hard too. Eight years old. Why have they not? Okay, sorry. sorry. I, none of us. I mean, <laughs> I told you the care, the, the, what do you guys think the care emoji looks like? I don't think it look. I mean, it looks like blood to me. It, it does. You guys, what does it look like to you? Trying to figure out when it's appropriate to use it even. I, I don't understand. Versus, versus is love. It, is it less than love? Is it more than love? What's the, what is it? What does the care equate to? Is it a hug? What What's happening? I don't. And, and the big thing is like, there was a whole, like many, many people who decided to spend time on that. Like they, they, this was their response. They were like, you know what the world needs right now is this. Okay. <laughs> I don't really love you and I don't really li like it. It's more than like, but less than love. It's caring. Okay. On a scale of one to 10, how much are you guys out there liking page level reporting? Those of you that are using it, post it in the comments for us. Okay. In terms of the page level data, which seems to be the thing that is changing everything for Dashboard 2.0, in terms of the reporting, it's the greatest thing since sliced sourdough bread made from my starter. What value should people be looking at? And Heather, you started talking about impressions being the most impactful metric for you. Can you talk about what people can really zero in and look at to actually make a difference for themselves? I mean, that's the thing that you have the most power to change, right? You can change settings in your dashboard. You can change formatting in your posts. You can use that information to see like if your readers are using your jump button every single time and you should maybe add a second ad in your recipe card or in your DIY content, it tells you so much. And, and also you have the most power to make changes there. I also think it is important to know what that number includes. Like it includes 
all of the ads that you're serving. So it's not like if you're scrolling through your website and you're counting like one, two, three, four, five, those are the ads that I see. Those are ad slots. Those are just opportunities for you to be served ads. Not all of those are going to be filled for every reader and every spot on every page. Also, that's not how your readers are using your site in any way, shape or form. So I think the impressions level data is really helpful. I was looking at one earlier and it was a really popular piece of content. If you scroll through the post and we counted the number of ads, there was opportunities for 10 impressions plus the video player, but she was only averaging like six. Um, And when I used the jump button and then chilled out in the recipe card for a few minutes, that gave me a couple of refreshes in the adhesion spot. And it gave me a couple of refreshes in the recipe card spot. Um, So my suggestion for her to increase her earnings was to let us help her add an additional recipe card ad because that's where her readers were spending their time. It's not like that on every post. Knowing how to uh, sort of apply those numbers is the best. Like if you're looking to increase DPM, I know that's like a harder thing to go at, but look at your per post viewability. If you've got a post that's got really low viewability, go test the site speed and see if there's something weird happening there that is not happening on other content. You know, there are all sorts of little action items that you can pull out of there and all of them will help increase your earnings. When you... (laughs) You said page speed, Eric started nodding. (laughs) You couldn't see him. Um, Okay, Eric, I'll throw this to you. What if you do see that one of your posts just for some reason has something messed up with the page speed? What do you do then? How would, first, how would you find that out? Second, then what would your action items be? Yeah, I think as, as Heather said, viewability is normally one of the biggest indicators of a problem with the site speed is generally the biggest indicator it would, would show up in viewability. So if your site is really slow, it's going to slow down the ability for a lot of your ads to load. They're never seen. That's one really strong indicator. Uh, there's other things that can cause low viewability, such as maybe your readers are skipping through their content too quickly. You have a jump to recipe that uh, there's too many ads right before it, they get loaded, before they click the jump. There's a lot of other factors, but if you determine it's page speed, what can you do? Uh, Plugin audit is one of the most important things. You got to remember different pages will load different content in your plugins. So a lot of times you might have a plugin running that won't slow down all of your pages and just happens to slow down this one because you're using a page builder and you put in all sorts of funky stuff on your page. Using a, a good, healthy plugin audit when you're testing an individual page is going to help. You can run that individual page through PageSpeed Insights. You can look, it will show you what's slowing down. You can even try turning off plugins one at a time. Uh, do it on a staging site, not your live site. Uh, and then you can find out what is slowing down that page. And sometimes, as Heather said earlier, it might literally just be an iframe or some junk you threw in for a brand you were working with years ago. You might be able to remove one line of code and suddenly speed up your site. So is it a good idea then? So if I happen to see something is screwed up with one pager, it's just very obvious that something is not right with this one page, emailing into publishers, running it through PageSpeed Insights. And then what about, you said doing a an audit tool. Is there a specific tool that you'd recommend, Eric, or a couple? No, in general, I always just stick with PageSpeed Insights as my debug tool. Um, the one made by Google itself is probably one of the best indicators for, for PageSpeed. It also has a great breakdown and will show you kind of what's slowing it down. If that's not really readable for you, uh, you can look at just the number at the top, the score, and literally try testing it. Email your host. If you have a managed host, they can probably set you up with a staging environment. And in there, you can go and you can turn stuff off and figure out what is slowing down your site. I don't think it's going to come as a surprise to any of us that there are a lot of strong feelings, both about the page level reporting and about 
the care emoji on Facebook. Um, there's just a lot of feelings. Jennifer Stewart um, screamed at us. It looks like someone shot the emoji and he's bleeding out. Kind of does, Jennifer. And then she said, sorry, not meaning shouty caps. But I think he did, Jennifer. I think he did mean that. Um, okay, we had a lot of people talking about how amazing and how much they love the page level data and also that they want an eye roll emoji, which truly, yes. Uh, April says, on the multi-site dashboard, it looks like we lost the ability to set the date range. I love coming in and setting the date to show this month to date and also just revenue for the previous day to check income and status across all of my Mediavine sites. Any way to add that as a feature request? I believe that feature request has already been logged. So yeah, it should be coming. I, I think I've seen that. April also said, I know you guys do a lot of great articles to help us check things and optimize stuff. Do you have or are you planning an article with how best to utilize the data provided in the new dashboard to optimize sites and ad rates? Like all of this awesome stuff you guys are saying here, but in an easy to reference form, aren't you writing down while we're talking? No, I actually published one right before we did this because like, like I said, um, I, I usually moderate our Facebook group. And I think the most questions that I've sort of seen that I couldn't easily give an answer to without getting too specific with their own personal site data were about impressions and RPM at a page level. So I've been turning out help articles to sort of address those. So I just published one earlier that explains more about the impressions per page. Um, I did another one maybe a week or two ago that explains the page level data, how to use it to increase performance. And my plan is to sort of go through every little bit of our cool new dashboard and make sure that there's a help article that explains what it is and how to use it. I can say from the blog, what we could then do is do a roundup post that references all of the help docs and then gives you an easy way to have all those together and click through. So yes, we can do that. We can make that happen. Uh, Michelle says, is there a viewability percentage to aim for? 100%. Just go for them now. Um, I would say 70% is generally the magic number for most advertisers. They want to see an overall uh, site level viewability of 70%. What's really tough is they're actually looking at it like a per device and per domain, per ad unit, all this little stuff in the back end. And you're just kind of looking at your overall viewability. Uh, go for 70% if you can in that little page level. If you have above 70, you're generally in a good spot. We see a lot of like very successful engaged audiences can get above a 70. Uh, going much above a 70 gets very, very challenging. Uh, I don't think we've seen too many sites even above 80, but if you're, if you're there, that'd be amazing. 100% is actually impossible. So ignore that bad joke I said at the beginning. You're like the Michael Phelps. If you've got like an 85, where'd it go? Gold medals. Amy Pelsner says, I don't know if you said this, but what would you consider a high impressions per page versus low? Just wondering which ones to focus on first below 10, Heather, will you feel that one? So this is another one that's pretty site specific, but you can click the little arrows that are next to the, um, well, basically next to every little- I got you. In those, thank you. In the tables there, there's little arrows next to revenue and RPM and impressions per page, and you can sort highest to lowest and lowest to highest. But then I would caution you, like sometimes if you sort by not views, um, so like if you if you sort by impressions per page, lowest to highest, you're gonna get, you know, because we're pulling in your top 100, so you're gonna get a few that are kind of like your homepage. That's a different sort of page. You're not really gonna be trying to optimize there. Or like for me, I get print pages sometimes when I'm looking there. Um, so also have an eye on that views 
column um, just to see how to compare. But yeah, you can you can sort. I tend to sort and then look and then look at which page has the most views and then start with that. So if I'm if I'm looking at lowest impressions per page and highest, but it's going to be super site specific. Um, if you write crazy, intense, long content and it goes on for an eternity, um, sort of look at what your average is and go from there. If your content is all kind of the same length, then you might get a different answer. So, um, and then also it's like, like I said, you know, it's because it's including refreshes in those numbers, you know, it can kind of indicate how long readers are staying on your page. So like for mine, which is in the screenshot that we've got here, I tend to have about the same numbers of impressions per post. And I can tell on my posts, if I sort differently and I go highest to lowest, those are my posts where people are like leaving it open while they cook. Um, and they're just dwelling on the page longer. They're dwelling dwellers. Okay. Sherry says, could we start a thread in the Facebook group for folks to share the way they're using page level RPM data? Could we do that, Heather? You're in charge. Mm -hmm. Yes. Great. <laughs> Thank you. Camilla says, I see there's a new area where we can write a video headline. What is this? Does it go next to the title or uh, on our page? That's individual video headlines. So right now in the past, you're able to do a featured video headline. So when we insert the featured video, which means you didn't have another video on the page, we would stick that headline above it so you can give context to your reader. Hey, this is my featured video. You could say best of recipes, whatever it may be, top places to visit. So you can kind of give them a headline. You can now do that with videos. The idea being because we do optimized placement for you, we're going to move the headline and the video as one piece. So now you can write it and know that wherever we stick the video, that headline will go before it. So it's, it's a great new feature. Heather, anything to add to that one? I think it exists because it was a customer request. And so we added it. I think that that's from what I heard. Isn't that everything? Pretty much everything that well, like a ton of the stuff in the dashboard has come directly from people saying, can you do this thing? Yes. Yes. So I one day we'll add SRTs. I promise. Support. <laughs> I love it when he starts promising things on the lives. It's his favorite thing to do. Ashley says, I just wanted to say thank you for all you guys do to help us with this stuff. I had my one year media nine anniversary this week and I'm kicking myself that I didn't apply sooner. It has been so great working with you. We like it too, Ashley. Michelle says, okay, mine range from 64% to 76%. I'll see what I can do to get those viewability numbers up. Not sure I totally understand how other than what you said about page speed. I'll read Heather's help doc. It's a good place to start. Uh, Larisha, and she, I love it when you guys, we're almost out of time first, which is depressing because this is fun. And also I'm liking to watch the, the progression of the sun on Heather's beautiful face. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I want to, I'm going to give you guys a second to think about her question because it's exactly how I wanted to finish. Okay. So if you're overwhelmed by all of this, fair enough, where is the first place you'd start with the new dashboard. So I'm going to have both of you guys think on that for a second. And then we're going to come back. Larissa said, Eric has jokes. Yes, mm. he does. It's a, lo it's a loose term. They jokes. are jokes. Yeah. It's not really a quality <laughs> assessment, but they are in fact jokes. Uh, Drew Carey even asked. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. If you guys will think about those for a second and then I'm going to come right back. I have a couple of announcements. Okay. As I mentioned earlier, our next live is next Thursday. That's May 14th. It's three o'clock Eastern time. We are having Andrew Wilder of Nerd Press and Jamie Lieberman of Hashtag Legal. We're going to be talking about the um, Americans with Disabilities Act and website accessibility. What are your responsibilities? What are you actually liable for? And what are easy adjustments that you can make right now to be in compliance? And speaking of lives, it is almost the third annual summer of live. Hard to believe it, which means that we'll be going live every week for the whole summer 
what? All the awesome guests, all the incredible information and education, all absolutely free and available to everyone. This year, we took our speakers from um, our uh, canceled Baltimore conference, which is a sad face, but... um, Our event coordinator, Megan Myers, worked really hard um, to come up with some amazing speakers. We had so many applications, over 200, um, and we chose some incredible speakers, and we're going to give each one of them an episode a week during the Summer of Live. Our schedule is hot off the presses and ready to share. It is going to all kick off the week uh, after Memorial Day, that Thursday, so get ready. We're going to be sharing that tomorrow and promoting so you can look and see which episodes you absolutely want to catch. Um, but for now, let's talk to these overwhelmed people, Larisha, and all of them out there. Eric, we'll start with you and then finish up with Heather. Where would you tell people to start with a dashboard? Uh, maybe not everyone should be diving into the page level RPMs right away if we're overwhelmed. I think uh, one of the things that Heather mentioned is we're working on all the help documents. Uh, so maybe wait until some of those help documents come out because it does sound scary to see 20 impressions per page. People probably think, wow, Heather's running so many ads. But again, she's not. She just has engaged readers and we refresh. And that just means sitting on her page for two minutes and or four minutes or however long it may be. But anyways, I, I think wait until those help documents come before you do that that true deep dive. And for now, just use it as you would the regular dashboard and take advantage of the new health check center. I don't think we talked about that, but if you go go to the health check center, it's been it's a, it's now its own page and not just oh we're gonna pull it up as I'm talking. Yeah. Cool. We have a screenshot of it. Uh, we yes. spent a lot of time on this yesterday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You can zoom in on certain days now in the health check center. You can go back in time and see what's happened with your health checks. So you can zoom in on a particular day and it'll even show you the pages uh, that are causing that, your top pages. So yeah, I think the health check center is probably the easiest place to digest. And that's where I would recommend starting. Heather, same question to you. <laughs> so the screenshot that you just showed is like the site health overview Um, If you click there, it will take you to another page for each ad unit that you're trying to optimize. And I I think that's a great place to start because it's a metric that you are all familiar with optimizing for and looking at. Um, But so if we were to click on desktop and content ads to figure out how we can uh, improve there, it's going to take you to a page where it lets you compare. A lot of times we get questions like my site health is yellow and yesterday it was green. There's a compare graph in there. You can change the date range, but it defaults to the last three days. And then if you scroll down, it automatically will give you a list of all the posts that are influencing those health scores. So you don't have to push a whole lot of buttons or figure out where to start. You can just have have a list of the content that you need to have eyes on and start there. And then as always, if it feels overwhelming and you don't know which button to push, email support. That's always my always my tip. Fantastic. And I just want to grab one more question before we end. Are you guys okay? Do you have to jump somewhere real quick if I get this? Okay. Camilla yeah. says, why are RPMs for a specific post so erratic? Last night, my highest RPM recipe was over $18 and today it's just over five. It makes it hard Sorry, Steve just wrote care emoji. Um, it makes it hard to optimize posts if the goal posts are moving. That's a very serious question. I'm just hopping in, sorry. So there, there's so many factors that go into your RPM. Again, that is a zoomed out view of how things are doing. That's a summary metric. I would really be looking at those impressions per page, as we mentioned. See, are those wildly swinging or is it your CPMs and fill rate? Uh, if it's your CPMs and fill rate, then there's probably something weirder happening. Uh, it may be, I don't know, you have a suddenly a different uh, breakdown of traffic that are coming to that post. Maybe one day it was Pinterest and then the next day it was Google search. Google search traffic is generally worth more 
than a Pinterest user, unfortunately, the, the way that this works. And so it's really going to come down to there's so many factors that could be at play. So as always, email into publishers at Mediavine. And we have a lot of insight into this stuff because this is what we live and breathe every day. And uh, with that, uh, I'm going to read a final comment from Hilda, who says, thanks for all you all do to help us earn more. Celebrating today's second year anniversary and can't believe how much we've grown because of this amazing place. Excellent. I'm glad to hear that. And uh, care emoji to both of you guys. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> and uh, thank you guys for being here, Heather and Eric. It's been a great time. Thanks for Thank having me. All right. Go back to the dogs. Bye, you guys. <laughs> On Air is brought to you by Mediavine. If you're creating amazing and original content, we are here to help. From ad management with maximum earnings and 24-7 support to cutting-edge WordPress plugins, our team has your back. Want free tips in your inbox? Subscribe to our newsletter at mediavine.com slash subscribe. If you're a Mediavine on air fan, and why wouldn't you be, please give us your five-star rating love and subscribe wherever you're listening.